and welcome to the second episode of the podcast. I guess I'm going to start off with some reflections of the first podcast. And something I definitely found out was I say um a lot, which I think is just product of not really knowing what to say, but it's going to be something I'll try and refrain from doing however it's naturally going to happen. Moving on from that, I do know that the sound was majorly, majorly off. It kind of topped out at a certain point and it didn't sound clear, especially considering I've got a dedicated microphone. I was listening back to the footage on my iPhone and it sounded better than the microphone, even though it was very echoey on the iPhone. The microphone definitely sounded worse, weirdly enough. I also needed to think about my volume of speaking, which probably kind of changed quite a lot from going very close to a microphone to sitting back once I relaxed a fair bit. Mumbled with a lot of my words as well. That was another point I realised. I was thinking of sentences in my head and then not finishing them off. And I wonder if I do that in actual conversations because that would be a bit of a shitter if I do. And lastly, a script definitely doesn't work for a podcast. When I was reading it, I was kind of getting stuck here and there when especially my grammar wasn't correct. I was reading it, trying to then edit it on the fly whilst trying to be fairly natural. It also means I wasn't engaging with what, with what I was saying. I was reading off what I'd written prior. So lessons learned from the first podcast is one of the other things. Definitely don't put the video camera that low because I clearly have a double chin, which I'd like to think of myself not in top fighting shape, but I'm not exactly a sloth either. I shouldn't have a double chin. So we're going to blame that other camera angle and nothing else. Um, said the um, crying out loud. Anyway, one thing to counteract that I did note down is I should definitely pause without feeling rushed into speaking because it's the ums which are caused by me trying to think super quickly and fill this empty space. So that's something I'll try and improve on. As I said, I definitely need to list topics as bullet points because then I can start flowing with my mind rather than reading off a script, adding little bits of intuition, which I've thought of post writing the script. I also got to stay away from sayings, which I don't fully understand. I feel like half the time I was trying to say a little quirky comment, which either didn't sound right or I mumbled at the end of it because I was unsure. So I'll try and stay away from that. Uh, in the future and my last bullet point as I've got on my script here is the phone too low we'll see if that any better this time but yeah I'm glad I definitely got my first podcast out of the way it was quite a thrill doing even though I cringe at so many of the little things I've said previously but it relating to the description of that podcast the quote was perfectionism is quality control masquerading itself. No, sorry, I've even butchered that quote. Perfectionism is procrastination masquerading as quality control, which 
I quite liked because obviously that first podcast wasn't perfect whatsoever. And if I was aiming to get it perfect before releasing it, it was just pure procrastination and it probably would never got released. Aside from the bet I have, which made me definitely release it. We'll see if we can get any improvements and hopefully this one sounds a bit better. Moving in to episode two, we've kind of reflected on what went wrong with the first one because I don't think a lot went right either. But I'm going to list off some of the topics I've got for today and see if we can get some thoughtful discussion out of them. And yeah, let's list off. It's weird how I'm speaking right now because I'm really being conscious not to say um a lot. So I feel very unnatural speaking and I probably look unnatural speaking as well. Right, my first bullet point is navigating the job market. As this is the die of a failed grad, we're assuming that a failed grad doesn't have a job yet. Weirdly enough, after recording that first podcast, about 30 minutes after I got invited to an interview for one company, and then just today, bearing in mind this is two days after, another job uh, opportunity arose and that I've been asked for an interview again. So I do find this absolutely hilarious that I'm speaking on a podcast, trying to do something productive or quite literally procrastinate from my studies. And all of a sudden I get these job, uh, job interview requests, especially considering in the last podcast, I did have a segment of the script looking at the job market and is it really important to get all these high kind of high flying uh, graduate schemes and what does that mean so it's funny how i even left that segment out but just looking at it who knows who knows what's happening there a little note on that because at the moment we are i'm applying for these high level graduate schemes with these massive goliath companies with big names on the door and a lot of people ask oh what's the point in applying for those just apply for a job you really love and it's you're, you're caught in two aspects there because the schemes themselves are fantastic they give you great training outside of the university and continue that along and it probably allows you to become a more rounded employee and then there's the other side of that where They'll say you should go into a smaller company where you get more responsibility, not necessarily, but that's what the argument would be. It would be more responsibility and maybe less formal training and you get to learn more on the job. It's difficult weighing up those two, but I, my segment I'd written on the script wasn't necessarily about the training or anything like that, but it was merely the signal of getting through these schemes and I related it to another kind of another analogy let's put it that way where having that big name on your cv it acts as a signal that you've succeeded in something in the past even if you've done just as good work in a company which may not be as well known that signal can definitely open some doors i painted the analogy of a this is for another podcaster who i listen to an Ali Abdul podcast, a deep dive with him. He used to be a Cambridge medicine student. And whilst he was doing his degree, he started selling courses to students on how to get into medical, medical uh, school. And 
I'm sure that succeeded to a certain degree because he was able to put, he was from Cambridge. It was kind of the signal that this guide is going to be of good quality. And if it's able to get me into Cambridge, it should be able to get you into any medical school. Now, if we were to compare that with a guide from, let's say Ali again, but he went to, I'm going to put an unnamed university, but a university which doesn't have the same prestige as Cambridge. I wonder if that program would have sold as well, or would it had a signal that it's not as high quality? I mean, you could also argue that if he's in Cambridge, surely he doesn't have the time to invest in a good quality program. So there's two things you there you could weigh up. But that was definitely something I noted down on the job market. And although I've just skimmed a surface on there, I haven't really delved into any subject whatsoever. I just thought I'd mention it because it was quite a, a funny thing which happened to me after I finished recording the podcast and uploaded it. I do think podcasts are completely untapped as a resource. So even if you're producing your own or you're listening to others, there is a wealth of knowledge out there being distributed in podcast form. As weirdly enough, I feel like some people's podcasts are at such a high level that they should really be charging per episode the same way you'd be charging for a book. If there's a two and a half hour podcast which provides so much value, we can definitely say that that should be charged per, per listen. So I get charged like one pound to download it. Obviously, that's not the way even music is nowadays. But I wonder how there'll be some people disincentivized from producing podcasts with great effort put into them because there may not necessarily be the traction behind it as if they were to produce a book on the subject. And you partner with a publisher who's able to promote it and then you get financially rewarded for your time. It's interesting if there'll be a future where you can kind of convert your book knowledge or what you would previously write in a book and put it into one podcast or audio form. I, I may be just describing audiobooks, but I think there's a key distinction between audiobooks and podcasts, especially with the newfound, with the podcasters nowadays who are able to provide loads of knowledge on topics, but they are sponsored by various companies if you're new to podcasting it's very hard to get that traction like you would uh, a book if you were able to show your credentials with various expertise in the area you could partner with a publisher and then get a book out there i'm not sure if that's the, how the book industry works but that's kind of my general guess of how it works you probably do need a following of uh, people before publishers willing to commit to you but it's quite a romantic idea. You can go and approach a publisher and see if they can publish your book. You'll probably get rejected on your drafts, but yeah. Moving on from that, I feel like I went off on a tangent again. That's the thing of not having a script. I didn't mean to say any of that. I, mean, I just um, had down in my notes the ability to note down segments of podcasts which provide value, which provide knowledge and value. There's so many times I'm listening to a podcast in a car where I'm not able to note down the time at which this uh, kind of lovely little gem of knowledge comes up. And this is evident when my friend was 
texting me. My best mate was texting me about not wanting to do a run. And I'd been listening to a David Goggins podcast, which was two and a half hours long. And there was a great analogy in there, or a great saying, quote, whatever you want to call it, from David. Uh, basically saying you need to run, you need to get your shit together and get out there. And I was trying, I was spent about 20 minutes skimming through this podcast to try and find where it was to then send the clip to my um, best mate who was missing out on a run. So there definitely needs to be a built-in bit of software within Spotify, other podcasting services where you can bookmark exactly what points you want to return to. Because it's all well and good listening to a podcast. But the same way information doesn't kind of go in when you're revising the first time. You need to re-listen for that information to stick. I'd be, yeah, really like to see that feature be implemented with podcasts. Moving on to my next bullet point. Oh, here we go. This is something I just put on today because I woke up at a crack of dawn before the sun even rose to then drive to the gym, mainly because parking is free before eight o'clock. So I tried to get in there before the parking warden comes and slaps a fine on me. But I was wondering, what is the most optimal routine? There's talk of getting your sunlight in, doing this cold exposure, uh, intermittent fasting, but then also all the nutrients and vitamins you can get in your systems. I wonder what that optimal routine really is, because there's so many conflicting advices here and trying to filter out that noise is particularly difficult. And especially when you're trying to live a balanced life, optimal routines where you need to get your cognitive deep focus work point in, but then you also need to do your washing and also need to do your food shop is quite hard to balance up all those optimal things. And I'm sure no one's found out what the correct optimal routine is. However, there's people who like to sell, sell the idea is. I feel like it will definitely vary depending on everybody's biology. Surely it varies the same way people have different body weights, different heights. There's no way that it would all be the same for each individual. And I'm very excited looking to a future of medicine, that area of what can happen when certain things are altered to suit our biochemistry. So let's say a paracetamol you get over the counter from boots, take two of those if you're an adult, but an adult varies so much. And I'm pretty sure when I'm feeling down in the dumps, I'm definitely taking more than two paracetamol. I'm not too fussed about it. Clearly by the double chin we had before and probably now, I will need a bit more paracetamol than someone, some five foot one girl who's 50 kilograms. So it'd be interesting. I keep on saying, so it'd be interesting. I need to make a conclusive remark on that. I'd love to, let's say there's a service in the future. I'd love to go to that service, ask them, do some scans on me and look at my brain chemistry, body chemistry for them to determine what my optimal day looks like. If I was to optimize my health, my cognitive function. And I wonder how far we are off that point because medicine does move awfully quickly in certain departments, but then I feel like we are living in stone ages in other departments. We'll see. I feel just from the birth, well, not the birth, but 
recently on Twitter, this thing called ChatGPT has come up and kind of taken over my Twitter feed because I've been interacting with it. It's quite scary and amazing what it can do with uh, the bits of information you give it. If I ask it to provide me a description of preferences in a microeconomics environment, it will then provide a textbook answer. I have no idea how, apart from, in my mind, it's like scanning Google or scanning various other um, search engines for the relevant information to then provide a human response. I find it incredible. And the fact that that's developed so quickly, it's going to allow other things to develop super, super quick. I'm looking at my next points. Oh, speaking of looking to the future, I had a point of what's the point of always looking forward, stay present, which is true, definitely true. We're always looking at the next thing. For me, I've got my exams coming up in the next two weeks. And all I can, I did have a moment of, oh, I can't wait for these exams to be over. I and mean, I've got a week of freedom before my next term starts. But part of me also for, don't think that far forward, don't wish away these two weeks because they'll go super quick, especially when I'm meant to be revising. Um, should always stay present. And what I had to look forward to was a podcast. Weirdly enough, after I recorded the first podcast, I was excited to record the next one, even though I didn't know what it was on. I did just want to get back recording. I knew I definitely had to make a break to at least think of something to talk about, which I probably didn't talk about anything too vigorous today but it's all about ironing out the little kinks and I cannot wait to get some other people on here just so I can have a normal conversation because talking directly into a microphone and the camera is very very difficult without sounding like a robot or strange yeah I'm definitely pushing myself because it it helps with the video interviews because it's something you have to do have to speak about yourself and your experiences without being like a robot or an awkward human being. I'm going to move on to my last topic I've got jotted down here. And that was something I thought of today. I was listening to, once again, another Chris Williamson podcast, and it was on nutrition, optimum nutrition. You can kind of see where everything came from, this optim optimal and, uh, yeah, it's optimal aspect but this part was people mastering their craft before going on to spout knowledge on it i think it's very easy to regurgitate knowledge from found elsewhere which haven't implemented yourself so that was my bullet point there and what i think i meant on it is i could preach to you the benefits of cold exposure and why you should be doing it all this etc etc however do I do cold exposure? Rarely. Maybe twice a month I have a cold shower. But I don't have an ice bath outside or even a bin outside. So I don't really know the benefits. I would just be spouting off studies which may show benefits and encouraging other people to start them. I think especially on the online era, there's a lot of people spouting knowledge all from all different sources about implementing it themselves so that's why i do only listen to a few individuals and i do like listening to experts in their given areas because those are people when they spout knowledge that they've implemented it and it's a first-hand account i don't really know what the point of that segment was but i felt like it 
it was on my mind, so it's something I said. With that, we approached 20 minutes again. It does fly, fly quick once you start speaking, although it seems very awkward in the moment, but time does go very, very quickly. And I'm going to think of a better subject line for the next uh, few podcasts because none of these really were directed towards the grad life. It was very much more kind of nicking off other podcasts I've listened to recently, apart from the um, graduate job thing, which was just a funny an an anecdote. That was me doing a saying, which I didn't fully get. I can't say it properly. I'll stop doing that. Next episode, I will find out lessons learned from this, see where I can improve again. Hopefully, we're getting closer to having someone on, a Mr. Jordan Collingwood, potentially. And I've called you out there. No. That is my uh, mic. That's my phone stand there, <laughs> which has obviously <laughs> taken a hit. It is multiple books ranging from economics books, cookbooks, to more economics books. As you can see, <laughs> with that, it's probably a good sign. It's probably time to end there. Um, thank you for listening. If you have listened, I'm just glad to get my second podcast done and I'm excited for the next ones. Thank you very much.